The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and welcome to The Money Podcast. Now, we're doing something very different for this episode. Right now, we're right in the middle of the pandemic lockdown. Hopefully, we're in the middle and not the start. So we thought we'd do something timely, which is an episode all about managing your finances, the loans, the grants, the schemes that you may or may not be able to claim from the government and ways to protect and save your cash. Now, I have people that I go to in different areas, a power team, you could say. So accountants, solicitors, uh, finance experts. And in this episode, my business partner, Mark Homer, who when it comes to the specific technicalities of finance and cost saving and spotting those little hacks, I don't know anyone better than him. And our good friend and very smart accountant and business owner, Shaz Nawaz. Now, they went on to a live stream uh, and did a deep dive interview and Q&A session all about reacting with your finances in the lockdown since the pandemic. So hopefully you enjoy it. Maybe many of you have not heard much about my business partner, Mark Homer, who's been a huge part in my journey of growing successful and managing my money and getting out of debt and Uh, So it's really nice that you get a chance to hear from him and a very qualified person. You know, these loans and grants and the furloughing that the government are offering, well, it all sounded nice at the start, didn't it? And I thought, how great these new um, schemes coming in to help business owners and entrepreneurs. But, you know, actually getting the money and the applications and getting accepted, that's a whole nother level. And the details in this podcast should help you move forward and save and hopefully bring in some money through this challenging time. Shaz has been, no, you know, sort of pedal to the metal, really, really specifically focusing on the schemes that the government has got released during this um, sort of coronavirus period. And we're going to talk today specifically uh, about ways in which you can uh, save money uh, and hopefully fix your finances through the coronavirus period. Um, so, Shaz, are you there? I am. Hi, Mark. Hello. Good to see Hi. you. Great to see you today. Good to see you too, as always. Yeah. So, okay, so we've, we've got a whole list of things which uh, are possible for people to claim, grants, um, loans, and, and lots of other stuff. So, the first thing is um, the sick pay, ninety four twenty five. Check you're eligible. Um, tell us more about that. There's, it's not a lot of money, but I suppose it all adds up. Yeah, well, um, I think the first thing to uh, for everybody is, of course, we're going through a health crisis right now. But at the same time, we're also going through a finance crisis. It's really important, Mark, uh, for people to be focused on their finances. Uh, to be laser focused, as you would say, on their finances like they've never been before uh, and to, to make sure they're looking after their finances 
just like they're looking after their personal health right now. So in terms of statutory sick pay, uh, previously, obviously, uh, an employee has to be uh, off work for four days before an employer can claim statutory sick pay. What the government has done now is they are reimbursing the first two weeks. After that, the employee uh, can carry on uh, claiming uh, sick pay for up to 28 weeks. So it's a pretty generous offer from the government. Uh, so if somebody is having to self-isolate or they're having to shield, this is a pretty good thing that they can take advantage of. But of course, you're going to move us onto something even better in a moment. So I won't talk too much about sick pay because the next item I think is where most people will benefit. Okay, fine. So, um, you know, you, you're sort of, uh, you've got the sick pay, you know, are you, are you focusing on furloughing at the moment? Have you been, I know you've got an accountancy practice, have you put a lot of applications through for companies to claim the sort of furlough, furlough money so far? Yeah, absolutely. So the portal opened up yesterday uh, yeah. and it's been crazy. So HMRC uh, tell us that uh, they can process 450, up to 450,000 claims per hour. Uh, and we were uh, on the portal uh, from yesterday morning. And I must admit, it's it's been pretty good. Uh, it, it works okay. It's a bit onerous in the sense that if you've got more than 100 employees, then you can upload the data automatically. If you've got less than 100 employees, then every single employee needs to be added on individually. Do they? From that yeah. point of view. Uh, but in terms of how the portal is working, it's, it's working well at the moment. Early days though, we're working well. And HMRC are saying they'll make the first payments within a week, which is fantastic. Yeah. And I understand it has now been clarified that on top of the two and a half thousand that you can claim per month, you can also claim the national insurance and also the 3% pension contribution. Yeah, absolutely. So the limit is 2,500, so you can claim 80% of the 2,500. On top of that, you've got the employer's PAYE above and beyond the 2,500 and the minimum auto enrollment pension payments as well. So Which it's, is... It's a pretty generous scheme, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and um, are, are you doing many for the self-employed? I mean, most of the self-employed people that I speak to, they don't qualify. Um, their friends don't qualify. Most of the trades I speak to, uh, maybe they're getting a little bit. What are you finding with your customers? Generally speaking, with our uh, clients, uh, most of them don't qualify because their profits are above the £50,000 limit. Uh, but there are a few who may qualify. So if they've got trading profits and more than 50% of their income is from trading profits and less, less than £50,000 for the tax year 2018-19 or the previous three tax years including 18 and 19 uh, then HMRC will contact uh, those taxpayers uh, in June and will make a payment to them if they've been affected by COVID-19. It, 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 that that particular scheme, Mark, in my opinion, is an okay scheme. It could have been better. Yeah, yeah, it would 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 be nice to at least get something, wouldn't it? <laughs> it it um, would have, just, just come back on to further because I know this has been asked many times, and I have covered it in the community by way of uh, or through writing. 
But if you're a director, you can furlough yourself. You can't do any work for the company apart from statutory filing uh, and other statutory duties. Other, other than that, you can't work for the company, but you can furlough yourself. Also, as the rules stand right now, Mark, if you furlough yourself and then you were to set up as a sole trader and do, do, do some work as a sole trader or a partnership, nothing in the rules as they stand stops you from doing that. Okay. If you want to furlough themselves and start a sole trader or a partnership business selling some kind of a, a service or, or a product, there's nothing in the rules right now which stops them doing that. But do you not need to have been self-employed on a certain date? No, this is basically, so this isn't to, to claim the self-employed uh, income support uh, scheme. Uh, for that, you must have filed your tax 2018-19 tax return. If you haven't filed your 2018 tax return, you've got to file it by the 23rd of this month, which is in two days' time. The point that I'm making is, if somebody furloughs themselves and says, I've got loads of time on my hands now, what do I do if, if they are a company director? Well, they can start up a sole trader business and start something else or start selling other services to generate further income. Because obviously, Oh, I see. So they're effectively not working as an employee of their limited company for the purposes of absolutely the furlough. They're doing a different activity as somebody who's self-employed and therefore not caught by the, the, the rules that say oh, furlough, you yeah. can only do statutory filing if you're furloughed. Yeah, and in most cases, in my experience at least anyway, uh, most directors are on uh, £8,500 a year, so they are earning around about £700 a month. But if they're going to get 80% of £700 a month, that isn't that much. It's not enough to keep them going. No. If they want to generate further income, that's a possibility. So that's the money. If you're a director, that's the money you get if you're furloughed. If you're a director and you're paying yourself the uh, effectively the, the about nine thousand, where the, the the band in which you don't pay any income tax. If yeah. you're if you if you receive that through as paye as income from your limited company as a salary. Um, and 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 have done by the date in is it March that nineteenth of March nineteenth of March. Um, that's the money you get as a director. But if you're drawing dividends, you're not going to get eighty percent of that money as well. No, you're not. So it, it, it's only your employment income. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Hence why it's not going to be a big figure for most directors because they're on low salaries and then they're compensating the rest of the income by by taking dividends. So my understanding is, in addition to that, obviously we've got this coronavirus business interruption loan. Um, I'm applying for one of those at the moment. About sort of three, four weeks ago, that started off with the bank saying you need a full personal guarantee. Then it moved to the bank saying you need uh, 20%, uh, a personal guarantee for 20% of the outstanding loan balance. And now it seems to be that there'll be no personal guarantee on that money at all. Um, that's a loan of three and a half. Sorry, that's a loan of. Um, well, I suppose it, it depends on the bank what interest rate you're going to pay. Um, but my understanding is it will be unsecured, um, so that you there won't be a charge on any buildings. But you need to be able to show profits, which 
um, will support repayment of that loan over a five-year period. And the bank I'm talking to want those want want the the interest cover to be worked out on I think six and a half percent at a hundred and fifty percent coverage. Um, it's a bit like a property. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly that's based on historical profits. Um, so I found that quite interesting. Um, I'm just watching that move as the media has put more pressure on the banks in the last two or three weeks. Have you managed to get any of your clients through it, or have you, any of your clients actually got through this process now? And got- are any banks that you, you're finding are good? It's swings and roundabouts. So as you say, Mark, the first thing is if a business wasn't in a decent or a, a reasonable financial condition before all of COVID-19 kicked in, then the chances of them getting a loan is reduced. So they should have had a good business pre-COVID-19. They should have a good business post-COVID-19. That's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is I've, I've seen banks be reasonable and then I've seen them be unreasonable with other clients so it's swings and roundabouts and every bank is interpreting the rules slightly differently and they are applying different criteria in terms of income, profits, interest cover, that type of stuff. I think what's important for people to know and then they should know uh, is that you can only get 25% of your turnover or two times your wages or your salary bill. It's limited to that. But if your turnover is only £300,000, uh, they'll only give you 25% of that, which would be uh, a maximum of £75,000. Yeah. So, but apart from that, I'm seeing banks are being reasonable. Oh, I was talking to you last week regarding one of my businesses and the bank came back same day and said, you've got two options. You can have £100,000 now straight away at 3.19% over six years uh, or you can uh, apply for more money but then you'll have, you'll have to release cash flow statements, management accounts, business plan and it's going to take longer and we'll be asking more questions. Uh, so what I'm finding is up to £100,000 you can get quicker as long as your business qualifies and meets the criteria. So I suppose it's, it's all about how much you're applying for and also versus, I suppose, your profitability and the size of your business. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, it, it, it's got to be a, a trading business. If you're a property investor, not really too keen to lend money to you, especially if you're a let landlord, it, it's not going to, you're not going to qualify anyway. But most banks are being very reasonable. And there's a few more, not high street banks, but there's a few more lenders uh, who have been added to the system. So that should open up opportunities. But what I am finding though, Mark, is uh, most high-speed banks are saying uh, you can't change your bankers now, but go to the bank you're banking with, and if they don't offer you a loan, then don't come to us because we're not taking on new clients, especially for the coronavirus loan. Interesting. I uh, Yeah, I think I think I got similar from, from our bank. Uh, I put a friend through and... Um, they didn't seem that interested, I suspect, because he doesn't bank with them already. I'd have seen that as an opportunity to take on more business, but obviously banks are get exceptionally busy right now. Yeah, they, they've always got loads of business, haven't they? They're all sort of ring-fenced and almost like arms of the government in some way, aren't they? The FCA tells them what to do and they just seem to do it and they just get all the business by default. You know? Yeah, they do, don't they? Right, yeah. yeah. 
Um, okay, fine. So um, hospitality firms have got, um, well, hospitality, leisure, retail have got grants. Um, I know with the business that we run, you could argue that um, an events business, you know, part of it is, you know, might be leisure. But I know that we won't and haven't automatically received any grants. Um, have you seen anybody manage to sort of argue the case that might be operating a, a business within buildings that are of a different use class to those three? Um, but they've sort of managed to say, well, my business comes under that category and therefore I'm due a grant. I've seen people. So the first thing to, to note is that the, all local authorities and councils have been set targets by, by the government in terms of how much of the funds they need to distribute. So I was talking to uh, the finance director at Victoria City Council uh, yesterday, in fact, uh, and we're doing pretty well. I think he said 45 or 50% of the grant had already been distributed and the government has given us a target to distribute 90% by the end of the month. So, so by okay. the 1st of April, we must distribute 90% of that uh, particular grant. Uh, yeah. so if people haven't applied, don't wait for the council to contact you. If you go onto on the council's website, any council's website, that they, they should ha have a link there for you to apply and to give, give them your uh, bank account details. Yesterday, I was uh, doing something for a client and speaking to the council. And what they are saying is, if the property isn't registered as a retail hospitality or a leisure business, it's unlikely they will get the £25,000 loan, uh, but they can put a case forward uh, and the council is willing to consider the basis of their case based on the merits of the case. Okay, and who would people ring? Is it done through the business rate section or who would they ring? This is done through the business rates department. So most yeah. councils have an email address which is usually business.rates at abccouncil.gov.uk. Uh, okay. That's how, how it's done. But the, but the £25,000 uh, grant, uh, which I know you know already, Mark, but for the benefit yeah. of our listeners, is only av available to those businesses who have a reachable value of more than 15000 but less than 51000 Okay. If they have a reachable value of less than 15000 and they qualify for small business rates relief or rural rates relief, then they get £10,000 and not £25,000. How about if they've got multiple buildings? Uh, and some of the buildings are below the 51 and some aren't. They're, they're, it's interesting you ask that question because different councils are treating the, uh, those uh, properties differently. So some are saying, uh, and the word that's used in the legislation is heredimens. Some are yeah. saying that's okay. Some are interpreting, no, we're only going to give, give it to you for one property. But there's a case to be made to say every property is a different heredimens, therefore every property should qualify. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. And then are there any other, I mean, that's, that's sort of the grant, but then there's a business rates holiday for 12 months. So does that sort of follow if it's, that follows, that follows and that applies automatically to those three sectors. Plus, if you have a children's day nursery, 
it applies to that too. Okay. The council will not issue you uh, with a, a council tax bill. They will advise you automatically that you've got a 12-month holiday. Okay. Service accommodation, how are you finding that in terms of uh, the grant? So those businesses that were listed uh, as at the 11th of March are okay. Those who aren't listed, they then obviously need to speak to the valuations office to get listed. Uh, and if they can get listed and they, and, and they can backdate their uh, claim to the 11th of March, they'll be okay. If they can't, they're going to struggle. I'm, so, working, I'm working on one right now, in fact, uh, and they applied for business rates uh, 12 months ago. Oh, okay. And the council so, haven't responded yet, so we're working on that. So what about if somebody was operating the service accommodation apartment and it'd been operating like that for a couple of years, but they've been paying council tax? They don't qualify unless they can speak to the VOA and say they should have been paying business rates in the park or from the 11th of March and they get registered and listed for business rates and then they can go to the council and make a case. But if they're just paying council tax, it's not going to work. So it, I suppose if they showed a load of tenancies and um, sort of evidence to show that in the previous two years, or, or at least by the 11th of March, they've been operating it as a service accommodation, the VOM, VOA may change the rating. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I've, seen, I've seen that happen on a few occasions. Not many, but on a few occasions. And then backdate it yes. and get the grant. Then, and then, then apply to the council of the and yes, uh, they'll obviously put them on business rates and apply for the grant. Okay. Um, how are you finding sort of VAT deferrals and national insurance, you know, and PAYE sort of time to pay? Um, are HMRC being receptive? Uh, I, I thought I'd never see the day where, where I say, Mark, HMRC have been fantastic, but they really yeah. have. They've been really, really good. Uh, they have obviously VATs uh, been deferred uh, for any payments due by the 30th of June uh, to 31st of March 2021, which is great. Uh, they are very happily and easily and flexibly and comfortably uh, agreeing to time to pay arrangements. I got that from your post, your Facebook post. I rang the number. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Mm. Did it work? Yeah. Fantastic. Same with CIS payments. We've done those and they've been very... How oh, have you? I've been paying mine. Yeah. yeah. They've been very reasonable uh, with that too. I've got two R&D uh, tax credit uh, reclaims. Good. Are they chunky? Really chunky. One is £950,000. Really? What Massive. sort of business? Massive. Uh, they're in the recycling business. Yeah, and the other one is in the uh, retail business, and their claim I think is two hundred twenty-five thousand pounds. But for what? What? What sort of thing? Re retail. So they're selling hot tubs, swim spas, that type of stuff. And they've designed something new. They've designed something new because they also actually go in and uh, build swimming pools. So they're, they're partly in the construction industry. They they change a few things which weren't readily available in the marketplace uh, and that ensures that they can qualify. And there's quite a few different construction firms, in fact, Mark, who can qualify. So 
that's something for you to look at. That's what I've been thinking. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, it, R&D works incredibly well uh, for the construction industry. Uh, so look out for those opportunities. But again, so on the R&D front, HMRC have been very reasonable. VAT, PAYE, corporation tax, the whole lot, they've been really good. They have been good. Okay. Um, in terms of um, sort of rolling R&D claims out to other types of businesses, what, what sort of other businesses would qualify? Because I know we do a lot with capital allowances, but I've done a lot less with R&D. Um, you know, I, I was talking not so long ago to a company about potentially doing one on a steel frame and, and the design of it. Um, do you, what, what sort of other businesses have you dealt with on the R&D front? Pretty much. Uh, it's, so first of all, you've got to have a limited company. If you yes. don't create a partnership, it, it doesn't apply to you. But we've done all sorts from retail, fashion carries, hospitality, leisure businesses, uh, an IT business, an online business. Uh, so we do quite a few R&D claims uh, and uh, we've done it over a spectrum of different businesses. So these, this isn't for, for businesses which, which has scientists or uh, people wearing white coats in labs. This applies to normal trading businesses. And you'll be surprised, pretty much everybody ends up doing something which is different and outside the norm, which enables them to qualify for R&D tax credits. It could be that you've changed your systems and processes and you've, you've uh, you bought some software and it didn't quite work and then you've got to add something on or change it, which then enables you to qualify for, R for R&D. Let me give you an example. We have, uh, I've got a chain of uh, day nurseries or a client who's got a chain of day nurseries. They've got 16 day nurseries, and they bought some software which wasn't working. They then have to change and develop it further. And their, their claim was, I think, about £80,000. Really? Now, who would imagine a day nursery would qualify for R&D? People mm. usually think uh, that that type of business doesn't apply. Uh, and what, what, what was it that they were doing that was sort of they, development of something new? So they bought some software. But yeah. that software didn't do exactly what they wanted to do. So they then approached the developer and said, we need two or three additional things, which is quite unique in their business. Uh, so that developer then developed those additional tools for them to use, and that enabled them to qualify for R&D. So it was the, the cost, that they, the money they spent on that development on the development and the, yeah. And then what, what what rate do they get relief at? Now you're asking, uh, uh, anybody who's heard me speak at Progressive knows uh, I never remember this. I think if you, did, if you ask, if you want a, 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 a refund, I think it's 14%, but I don't remember. I don't remember the rate. Yeah, okay. We can go into that into some more detail. Okay, um, good. So we've dealt with most of the business stuff. Um, we know about the furloughed workers. That's been extended till the end of June. It has um, now, right? Yeah. Um, there are lots of personal things you can do as well. Um, I know 
you know, obviously you can contact your mortgage lender and most of those will give you three months um, uh, immediately, uh, sort of payment deferment or, or mortgage holiday. What about your energy providers and utilities? I mean, council tax, my understanding is they're being very forgiving at the moment and you can call them up and they will defer your council tax if you're in, 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 in a bit of bother. Energy providers the same. Um, I'd always recommend going on Money Saving Expert to check what rate you're actually paying um, and get that down uh, because we're, we, we're, we're often paying too much. Um, what other sort of stuff is there which you would recommend, Shaz, in terms of personal saving money personally? Do you, um, I, I presume you've sort of, I don't know, we've, we've probably all been through a, a bit of a, a filtration process and a, a re-evaluation since this has started. Um, what have you managed to find? So most providers are being very, very flexible indeed. So you've, you've talked about uh, council tax. Uh, the, the government has also introduced a council tax hardship fund. Uh, so people who qualify for council tax support, if they do, or if they didn't qualify, but they qualify now because their income has dropped, they can apply for, for council tax support and they'll get uh, an additional £150 off their bill. That's working well. Those who lost income or their income has reduced, they can uh, qualify and apply for child benefit. Yeah. Uh, so th th that's a pretty good one. In terms of bills, I'm seeing uh, water rates. Again, water companies are, are being very flexible. Sky Sports, Talk Talk, Virgin Media, all of those subscription companies, again, are being very, very reasonable. Uh, so the, the, your mobile phone company, Landline, again, whoever I've spoken to so far, Mark, has been very flexible and reasonable in terms of freezing the charges, but allowing the subscription to continue. And that also applies to, by the way, uh, certain accounting software, add-ons, uh, online subscriptions. They've all been very, very reasonable and they've frozen their costs for the next three months. Starting from March, they've, they've frozen their charges for three months. Yeah. So um, my understanding is also credit cards. Uh, there's repayment holidays. Um, you know, on, on general loans as well, the FCA have told them to be, you know, very understanding. Uh, overdraft and overdraft fees and interest waived up to £500. Many banks are sort of automatically waiving interest on overdrafts. And if people um, don't have an overdraft, sorry, Mark, if people don't have an overdraft, they can apply yeah. for a £500 overdraft. Yeah. And, uh, they'll, they'll get that interest free. So you've got credit cards, you've got store cards, personal loans, guarantor loans, logbook loans, homes. Collected credit, uh, credit unions are, are also being reasonable. So, oh, if anybody do any of those loans, speak to those providers. They are being very reasonable. Yeah, in, very interesting. Um, I, I know today I got an email from Admiral Insurance just saying you've got an Admiral Insurance policy uh, on your car. We know people haven't been driving very much. We're going to send you £25 back because yeah. uh, the claims have gone down so much. Okay. Um, I yeah, and so insurance companies are being reasonable. Uh, alongside that, if people have a contract hire car or a PCP, uh, personal contract purchase plan, uh, they should speak to the funder or the hiring company 
uh, and they are again being reasonable. I've, I've seen a few clients speak to their PCP provider, uh, and they've given them a three-month thing holiday. Very interesting that is, um, you know, because I, 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 they would be the last ones I would imagine uh, would offer a, a payment holiday. But uh, yeah, that's um, that could be very useful to a lot of people. So the sixty-four million dollar question, Shaz. Obviously, you've got a little bit more insight into this uh, than many people. How long are we in this lockdown for? Uh, when, when do we get let out? Which sectors get let out first? Um, and you know, what what does the rest of the year look like? And I suppose specifically from a financial point of view. So I'll I'll answer this from a local government perspective. Uh, because local government uh, gets information from central government and most of the senior officers I've spoken to, Mark, are telling me uh, that this coronavirus is going to last for at least 12 months. So we're not going to be in lockdown for 12 months. Lockdown will hopefully uh, uh, finish soon, but, but in terms of things getting back to normal, we won't be back to normal like we were, say, early March until next March. So, so what, what sort of things does that mean, um, you know, for a year? What, what's, so I guess coming out of this lockdown, what are you think, in June maybe? That, that feels like what it is to me, um, I suppose, in, in multiple maybe, stages. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then slowly, slowly, they then start saying, for example, Schools should reopen. They'll then say certain other businesses can open, and then they'll see the effects of that. Uh, and then from that, they then say, okay, you can have events, for example, where you've got social distancing. But uh, and from that, they then then limit how many people you can have in a room. And as uh, as time goes, so you, you think we'll be allowed to run run events again, sort of what a couple of months, something like that? I think we should be running events in June. Yeah. Uh, depending on obviously how everything goes, but there'll be social distancing measures in place. And then depending on, on what happens thereafter in terms of, because we're being told there could be a second wave. wave. If yeah. that's the case, we've got a problem. So, so the government are going to release us back to normality very, very slowly because they can't afford to uh, take the risk. I mean, all of this pretty much has cost the government at least 500 billion pounds. I think not the government. It's cost us, the taxpayer, best part of 500 billion pounds. You can't get your head around it, can you? Half yeah. a trillion. Half yeah. a trillion pounds. And and there's more to come yet. This is, this is just the start because when they then start calculating the other adverse effect on the economy, and obviously two people, then they're going to have to make more flexibility and, and more room to support people. Because Mark... Once we, once we come out of this, people aren't going to be back to normal. They still need some kind of support to continue with their business. It's going to take them time to get to where, where they were two, two months ago. So I think the government will still have to uh, introduce some kind of a support mechanism to get people through the whole thing. And that's going to take a few months. And then we're in this for a year. What, there's some form of social distancing for a year, you think? I think uh, there will be social distancing for uh, quite a few months. Then they're going to see the impact of that. And obviously, if the impact is zero, then they're going to lift that. But I can't see them lifting 
social distancing anywhere be uh, before the end of September. And that's probably what two meters apart. But two um, meters apart. Yeah, maybe face masks, maybe um, various other forms of PPE. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, anything else to sh to add, Shaz? Anything else that um, people are going to find useful and interesting during this period? I think we've, we've covered a lot. Uh, one of the main things is that people should prepare an emergency budget for themselves, which if they don't know where to start, just produce a uh, cash flow for the next three months, six months, and then 12 months. So just do one for, for 12 months, but make it very different in the first three months to the next three months, that, that covers the six months, and then have different uh, sensitivity analysis and parameters in terms of losing their turnover by 20%, one happens, by 40%, one happens, by 60%, one happens. So have different parameters and test that and see what the impact of the cash flow is going to be on their business and also their personal finances. I think that's extremely important. Like you said earlier, go through all of the expenditure and things that you don't need, put them on hold or cancel them. That's extremely important. At the same time, uh, it's also when we come out of it, there's going to be a, a huge opportunity. So uh, if, if people have got some savings and, and some spare cash, which they don't end up using through this period, then I think that they are the ones who are going to benefit uh, by being able to hopefully make some good investments when we get through this. What I would like to do, Mark, if it's okay with you, is we've had a few questions. Is it okay if we cover them now or do you want to do that later? Of course. Let's do that right now. That's far away. Do you, do you have any questions or do you want me to start with the one? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I could start with the first one. So we've got what? Your prediction that the government will extend its support package of business owners, drawing their earnings through a combination of salary and dividends. So that's being talked about right now, uh, and uh, it went. Uh, there's uh, quite a few MPs uh, who are talking about this. They've had conversations. They've had meetings. Nothing concrete has come out of it. Do I think something's going to happen? I doubt it. I doubt it, but there is uh, there are conversations going uh, on between MPs, and and the case has been made to the Chancellor and Whitehall. Uh, so they might do something, but to manage expectation marks, I doubt it very much. Somebody else has said in Wales, there's a grant for businesses that employ between nine and two hundred and forty nine employees. We've applied for it. And we'll find out in 15 days' time. But I'm not sure if this is just Wales. Yeah. So there, there is a different scheme, is there, in Wales? There's a different scheme in, in Wales. They've been handling it differently in Scotland and very differently in, in uh, England. But we don't actually have that particular scheme available from the government, I'm afraid. Another one says, I have my grant and don't run any of those businesses. I think it's... Uh, linked to your SBBR number. Uh, I also think buildings are in different boroughs. You may get multiple grants. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, so just to clarify that, so obviously the £25,000 grant applies to businesses in retail, hospitality and leisure, but any business that has rateable value of less than £15,000 and they qualify for small business rates relief or rural rates relief, they will get 
a ten thousand pound grant. Yeah. So that's not just for those three sectors. That's any business. Okay. What else have we got? Um, not strictly tax, but can you confirm if taking a mortgage loan holiday will negatively affect lending decisions in the next six to twelve months? I've had conflicting answers. Well, I've had a look at this, um, and I think I know the answer. Um, the FCA have issued guidance on this, and if you just type into uh, Google FCA more, uh, mortgage holiday, a page pops up, and it's all about the new guidance uh, on how they expect mortgage lenders and administrators to treat customers fairly during the coronavirus situation, uh, and it it basically says that um, your credit file, our guidance makes clear to firms that they should ensure that taking a payment holiday will not have a negative impact on your credit file. So check with the lender, make them aware that that is your understanding from the FCA website, try and get something in writing from the lender that it won't, sign up to uh, Noddle or Credit Expert Noddle's pulled something else now. And then check your credit file a month, two, three months later uh, to just see if it's had any impact on your credit file. And if it does, then write to the firm um, and ask them to correct your credit file um, and send them a copy of the FCA guidance from the website I just gave you. Uh, and I think they will amend it because it's quite clear the FCA are telling them that it shouldn't. Um, I think it will show as a a payment that you haven't made, uh, but I don't think that'll be negative. I just think it'll be a U um, or, you know, just sh shown on there as, as a payment you didn't need to make. So um, I don't think that will be quite so, or it, it shouldn't impact it at all. But clearly lenders make mistakes, so you need to check. Uh, when a barber's opening so we can get a haircut, yeah, I know all about that. I've got exactly the same problem. So do I, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've no idea. Um, I might let Gemma do it shortly, uh, but I might hold out a that's little bit longer. Question, by the way, Mark, that was, yeah. that was an instruction to both of us. As, as in, you and I need a haircut. That's what that was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I do. You're right. Um, Wendy Whitaker-Large, do you think there'll be a depression? Um, that is a difficult question, Wendy. Obviously the speed at which this contraction is taking place, this whole, you know, Office of Budget Responsibility minus 35% figure um, indicates a depression. Now, I'm not saying it's a V-shape and we come straight back out and, and the 35% is all fixed when, once this is over. But when we come out of lockdown, there is likely to be a very, very big resurgence um, in economic activity. Uh, clearly, there's going to be scarring, there's going to be unemployment, and this is going to continue beyond just the uh, lockdown period or even just the, the one year. There's going to be run-on effects for, for a number of years, clearly. Um, but I think, you know, the, the depression of the 30s went on for four years. Um, and uh, I just think with all the support that the government have put out there, I don't think it will be like the 30s. Um, you know, I, I you know, it, it could easily be as bad as 09. It could be worse, but I, I don't think we're in the, the sort of 1930s position. What do you think, Shaz? Do you agree or you... Um... Well, I'm a bit like you, but I've uh, been doing quite a bit of reading, so my analysis is very similar 
two years, uh, in the sense that uh, we are going to have a tough time, uh, but it's, I don't think it's going to be three or four years or anywhere near that. I'd say the next 18 to 24 months will be difficult. But no, it all, it all depends on attitudes and behaviors, really, Mark. If people come out there with, with a fighting attitude and say, we're going to go out there and people invest money and people spend money, uh, then that's going to have a very different impact and outlook on how our economy looks. If people are uncertain, they don't make those investments uh, and they become more cautious, then obviously they are going to have a much tougher time. So this is more to do with how we all behave as individuals as opposed to what the banks tell us or what the government tells us. Yeah. I think that's always the case, isn't it? Uh, I think if the media just keeps slamming, uh, you know, the economy slamming property, slamming, you know, the way things are when we come out and being negative, I think people keep their hands in their pockets um, and, um, you know, it just takes a bit more positivity for them to strike out. Somebody else has said, if I have offices in a retail premises but the business isn't a retail one, is the grant still valid? Now, that's a really good question and that's something I've been wondering for a while because I think it would be the use class of the building as per the VOA rating assessment that drives whether you automatically get the grant or not. So, yeah. So, example, you know, we're in office buildings, but, you know, we run some training from the office buildings. Um, So what is relevant in the end? If somebody is, you know, got an office, but, you know, and it's classified by the VOA as an office, but they're running retail from it, should they get the grant or not? Yeah, I think they should. Yeah, absolutely. And again, so have to go to the council. Yeah, and uh, again, I think the important point, Mark, is to speak to the council. Uh, and if a business wasn't listed properly, demonstrate that to them, talk to them, uh, and show them evidence. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, they will be open to making the amendment. That's not a problem. Well, they don't want to stop people because this money is coming from, from central government and, and government wants to help businesses uh, right now. Uh, therefore, councils want to be as supportive as they can. They've got targets. They've got to give this money out. So if, if you can demonstrate to the council that uh, what's on the listing isn't quite correct with evidence, I think the council will be flexible and will support you. Okay, somebody said, yeah, Noddle is now called Credit Karma. Quite right, I couldn't remember the name. Um, yeah, you need to check TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian for credit scores. Um, are you advising to make DV deals now or wait a couple of weeks? Um, I suspect you're talking about negotiating. Um, some of the deals will be there now. Some of them you know, will clearly... Uh, show their face shortly when vendors, you know, become uh, more negotiable. The market is pretty much locked up at the moment, but some people will need to sell. Um, so I think it's all about getting out there on the phone, dealing with loads and loads of agents, getting loads and loads of agents on the go, and eventually I think we'll find some that will want to, you know, deal at much lower prices. Um, Wendy asks, with government borrowing and spending, do you think it's likely we'll see inflation though? Um, I I know you're. Uh, I've seen you've been concerned about this um, quite a lot, um, Wendy. 
and I see where you're coming from, in that um, the government is, uh, or should I say, the um, the Bank of England is printing lots of money, and they are then selling bonds, issuing bonds to send that money around the economy. Uh, and that is increasing the money supply, M4, um, and clearly that is primarily to help them get cash in to pay for all this, the 500, million, the 500 billion that Shaz mentioned earlier on. But in addition, it, you know, in, in 09, 10, 11, it did have another effect. Because the economy is contracting so significantly currently, ordinarily we'd probably have deflation or at least very, very low inflation. And ideally in an economy, in our economy, the target is to get inflation to 2%. So if you increase the money supply by basically printing money and creating these bonds and, and, and putting more money into the economy and make trying to get it to circle, um, yes, in normal times that would create inflation, but when you've got deflation, it should just sort of, if you do it to the right extent, it should bring the inflation rate back to a desirable level, i.e. 2%. Um, that's the theory anyway. Um, lots of people last time in the previous recession, when they started quantitative easing and printing all this money, lots of people said there'll be massive inflation. It'll take a few years to come, but it'll be here. Um, it never happened. Um, QE largely worked. I know asset prices went up, um, but you know you could say maybe they were due to go up anyway. Um, I d clearly, this time's different. Uh, it's different ingredients, so a, a different cake will be baked. Um, we'll have to see. Certainly in the 70s, they had that issue. Um, there is the other, there's, there's something else called monetary financing, is, which is where the Bank of England prints money and passes that straight to the government for government spending. Now, that's a different type of sort of money creation, um, something that Hitler used in the Second World War, um, something that Robert Mugabe did in Zimbabwe, and in both cases, it created massive inflation. Um, the governor of the Bank of England is not keen. Uh, apparently, he doesn't want to do it. Um, so, I, I, it's, you know, that's a bit different to quantitative easing. Um, and um, it, but it doesn't look like unless things get really bad, um, they're going to do that this time. Okay, what else have we got? Um, I've an e-commerce business. The sale dropped down a lot during COVID. I see home as an office. I'm entitled. Am I entitled to any form of grant at home running an e-commerce business? I don't think you are, are you, Shaz? Running an e-commerce business from home. From home, yeah. Well, if, the, if this person is self-employed and their profits are less than £50,000 uh, and they uh, have filed the 18th, 19th tax return, then yeah. they qualify for this, uh, SEIS uh, grant. Yeah. So no. So it might be the, um, the sort of 80% of their income that they get rather than uh, yeah. a grant based on the business type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. And if they're, okay. if they're running through a limited company, they could follow themselves and claim the job retention scheme grant. So on any money that they're paying themselves a salary. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but no grant in terms of business premises. No. 
Um, would coronavirus business interruption loan eligibility criteria change in the near future to allow more businesses to get access to funding as they are still quite stringent um, even though 80% of the risk is covered by the government? Would it be 100% risk covered by the government? I think they're having discussions about that at the moment. Uh, I think the Chancellor has been put under some pressure around that uh, because I think some European countries are doing that. But um, I don't think he... I, I think he has made a statement saying he's not going to. He made that um, clear yesterday, Mark. He made it clear. He said those countries, European countries, haven't offered a similar package to what we've offered. So in terms of... Everything of, else. Everything else that we've offered. cherry pick. Yeah, because he thinks it's such a big package. Uh, and from yesterday's statement and the way he answered the question, I think it's very clear he has no intention of in increasing 80% to a higher number. My pension has an option to increase in bonds. Would you mind explaining what they are and if it's good or bad to invest in them, please? Basically, bonds are loans. That's all they are. Um, bonds, in the, in the sense that we're talking about them, are issued by governments. Um, the, the UK government issues what are called gilts, uh, which are bonds or loans that you make to the UK government uh, they attract a very low rate of interest, uh, at times negative. Um, but in terms of security and you knowing you're going to get your money back, uh, they're about as good as it gets because the, the UK government is an issuer of its own currency. So in theory, it can't go bust because it can just issue more money. Um, same with the US government as well. Um, they issue bonds that are called treasuries. Um, and, you know, many people around the world would consider maybe U.S. and maybe German bonds to be the most secure store of money anywhere in the world. Um, somebody has put the link up for the FCA, financial, receive, uh, financial Relief Customers Impacted by Coronavirus. That's a useful link. Um, difference now with furlough money is being put direct in the hands of the consumer and banks being forced to lend, plus grants being via councils. Yes, that's true. In the last recession, uh, I don't remember any of our businesses getting grants. It was all about giving money to banks and then sort of saving them and then encouraging them to lend to businesses subsequently when they realized when the government realized that a lot of the money they were giving the banks wasn't going out to real people or to real money uh somebody's written guinness trust just got 600 million of bonds at two percent okay so that's that's good to know i'm not sure uh if that's a if they issue bonds but you can get corporate bonds as well of varying quality um obviously the biggest and safest um companies will issue the, the best bonds but they attract the lowest yield or interest rate um, conversely junk bonds issued by um, sort of companies with credit ratings that are not as good uh, will uh, attract higher yields or higher interest rates but the chances of going them going bust are much higher okay so I think we are done and um, thank you very, very much, Shaz. I appreciate you giving us your time during your um, 
um, really busy diary. Uh, I know you sort of practicing social distancing at the moment and largely working from home, but you've still got a lot on. Um, so thank you. I appreciate it. And thank I know the community me, does. Always a pleasure. So that has been Mark Homer and Shaz Nawaz with the coronavirus financial update.